I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Our guest this week from Podcast The Ride is Jason Sheridan. Hi, guys. How's it going? Blake, Jason, you guys buy any toys this week? I bought the uh, Marvel Legends Captain America 6-inch from that retro series they've been doing. The new Marvel Legends on the Toy Biz kind of cards. Yeah, and those cards are incredible. It's what make like half the toys are just repaints or rebranding. I think all of them are. All of them. And I actually like that because I never had a chance to get this Captain America and it is probably my favorite costume. It looks like the old comic one. It's not an MCU one, even though those are fine. So it's another opportunity to get something I missed. Yeah, it's a real solid cap. Yeah. And I think it's the perfect opportunity for people that didn't get it online earlier to get a good Captain America. Right. And at a decent price. I've seen them go as low as like $10 on Amazon. And that was my thing. I kept watching it on Amazon hit 10 And then when I finally was like, let's do this, it would be up to 25 And so this time I just saw it at 15 and was like, we're doing it. There's no more hesitating. We're buying it. Yeah, it's, it's sh- all about the card, really. I it's a sh- I'm just it almost not- tricked me into rebuying this Captain America. Right, and I'm not a like card collector. I open up everything right mm-hmm. away, but I just love looking at it. And it's got the old like peg hook. It feels like it's from a different yeah. time. They and- know how to get in your mind and hit you in the vintage feels and trick you into buying stuff. Oh yeah, they're very good at it. Like I've bought so many of the three and three quarter inch black series Star Wars figures that have been on those vintage cards just because they're on the cards. Oh, I almost do it every time I'm in there. It makes me stop. It makes me stop in the store and look. And it's, I go, it's now, now like I'm looking at them and just getting angry because I just feel like Hasbro, you tricked me again. They are. Well, and that was the same thing when they did the 40th anniversary Star Wars figures, which were great, but they were all ones they had done before just on a Kenner card which I loved, but another part of me was like, we could have done something really unique and special for this 40th anniversary. Blake, I almost wasted my money on a Snoke. With a vintage card? See, that I'm never going to do. Because it had a vintage-looking card. Uh, there, there is some weird disconnect where when they do the Snoke and Kylo Ren and all the new characters, even if I like them— You put them, literally anyone on a vintage card and I will buy it. See, I'm not—see, there's— uh, I guess it, that theory's now been tested. I passed on the Snoke, but let me tell you— Real was close. he half off? Real close. If I had a little bit better job right now, that Snoke would have been coming home with me. I can't do it. See, that's and I would have regretted it. Ugh, that's mixing and matching my childhood and now. And I'm like, no, no, no. You leave those for an indoor Luke and a biker scout and a Vader. <laughs> I don't want your... I like the Disney Star Wars movies, but I don't want you mixing with my Kenner nostalgia. I don't want a power of the Force Ray. Ter- I feel like I've heard card as a an industry term for... The backing of toys. My family always just called them backers. Like, to get kids, to Jason, Brian, my mom just going, like, the backers are just every, just pile them up and put them in a bookshelf or in your corner in your room. There's too many backers. Maybe you don't need all of these. Maybe, Maybe backers was a regional term. We always just Maybe. called it packaging. Like, my family yeah. I was just like, oh, the packaging. I know whatever they call them, my mom was very angry that I was keeping them. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot of mess, and they were depending on how excitedly you opened the toy, they could get horribly disfigured. Yeah. I was, I always throw out my packaging, but I still always open it with care. I think it's because I like opening it, and I don't really like you do it in a rush and you break something or an accessory goes flying or it came with a stand that you don't get. But I've always kind of been like, I'm going to take my time, get it all nice in the ridges, and then I can throw everything away neatly. 
and dispose of it. I've Respectful. never Respecting yeah yeah item. And I didn't even remember this. My mom told me when I was home, and this was one of the first Christmases where I didn't ask for any toys or video games. And my mom pointed that out when we were done. She was like, you got a bunch of adult stuff. And I was like, well, I needed pants and a coat, so I, I did. Um, and she was like, you know, I remember when you were a kid, you would always open your toys. You'd open all of them. You'd unwrap everything. But then you would open them one at a time and play with them. So if you got like a Woody and a Buzz Lightyear, you'd open the Buzz, and then you'd play with the Buzz for 15 minutes or so. Then you would open everything else. Yeah, I, I. When was that? What was the last toy you bought, Jason? What was the last toy I bought? Uh, you know, every certainly being a theme park aficionado as I am, uh, I it probably was something at the parks. Didn't I, I see that you got the Splash Mountain Funko Pop? No, well, no, I got that for uh, my co-host, Mike Carlson. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, because I happened to be there when they had a. They someone tweeted that there are a dozen in stock at the gallery in downtown Disney, and I was in California Adventure, and he has never texted me so fast as he did <laughs> to say, "Go get me, get get it, get it for me." Yeah, those uh, those park exclusive Funkos have become quite a crazy thing to get your hands on if you don't know yeah. exactly how to go about doing it. Yeah, and that specific one is like, oh, Song of the South merchandise interesting like i don't know yeah. the exact commentary to make but you can certainly say uh interesting move funko's made some really interesting park merchandise not just in the park merchandise but park yeah. merchandise available in like their mystery boxes and stuff like that like i remember they had like an indiana jones uh ride vehicle pop oh interesting. Uh, that I love. You know, I think, uh, I can't remember if I bought this or if at the time someone bought it for me as a gift, but um, they had, they were real big on doing this right around, maybe it was before the Lucasfilm purchase went through, the Disney buying Lucasfilm, but it was the Star Wars mashup stuff. There was a Cars one, and I was delighted by the fact that R2-D2 and C-3PO were uh, Guido and Giuseppe from... Radiator Spring. So right. I have that. Yeah, I bought all the like Disney Star Wars mashup figures. Oh, yeah. and they also had uh Muppet Star oh, Wars Muppet, yeah. mashups that I bought too. They were really nice. Sure. Yeah. They were just slightly out of scale with my other Muppet figures from Palisades, which was a little frustrating. But you know, you put them kind of off to the side, no one will notice. Yeah, yeah. Put them on an angle. Um and I I think oh, you know what I we, got real into for a while was the park stars oh yeah the park stars are great uh, the uh, for, for the people stars. that don't know uh yeah do you want to explain the vinylmation park stars sure so this was disney i mean of course the vinyl toys thing i i don't know where it can originally be traced back to but i associate it with kid robot and then disney seeing how popular this was they're like well we can do our own we're a multinational mega corporation we could just make our own things so um, they started with this series, this Vinylmation line of toys. And they were these little plastic uh, Mickey. They, they were shaped like Mickey. And then the art on them would change. And they would come in different series of blind boxes. And then eventually they started doing a series called Park Stars, which had individual different sculpts, but they were all theme park characters. So like uh, one of the birds from the Tiki Room or... Um, the Yeti from the Matterhorn. 
or um, I wanted to buy so the orange bird. The yeah, the orange Florida bird. <laughs> which I tried to find on eBay. I don't think I ever saw it drop below like ninety dollars on eBay because I was trying to get it as a gift for a while, and I just gave up eventually. I think Mike has close to a Mike, full set, if Mike not a has full a few set. Full sets. Because by the fourth or fifth line, he just bought the whole box, the unopened box. We would just go down, and when it would be in stock, he would be, I got, I liked the chase. I liked getting the blind boxes. Um, so, and then some of them I would find on eBay, like uh, uh, Rex uh, from Star Tours. That one looks really good. Uh, Sunny Eclipse. The lounge, the audio animatronic lounge singing character. So, yeah, and these things are really fun, and I think they kind of slowly, I think they're done. I think, but they started doing a different, they didn't, I don't know what they're calling them. There's a new line of, like, tinier ones that are very cute. Like, I think they have cute in the line name, but they are are also very cute. And a heavy Mary Blair influence, who's a wonderful uh, Disney artist, you know, did a lot of work on Small World and a lot of the films. I wanted to like the Vinylmation, but I just couldn't get past the single sculpt and the Mickey ears. Yeah. So then when the they started doing the Park Stars, that was perfect. That was exactly what I wanted the Vinylmation yeah. to be. And the Park Stars included Country Bears from the Country Bear Jamboree. And there's so few Country Bear Jamboree yes. merch these days that I hopped on those immediately. I think I have Big Al. Yeah. And then I loved it when they would do real life people like Wally Bogue or Abraham Lincoln (laughs) because they are characters in the parks. Justin, what about you? Did you buy any toys this week? You know, I didn't buy any toys this week, but I sold some toys this week. Ooh. And this is, I haven't sold any toys maybe ever. I, I don't, I honestly don't know. I remember I sold a couple of things like 10 years ago, but I'm going through this toy purge right now, and I'm starting with uh, getting rid of some stuff that's in my apartment, stuff that I've bought within the last six years, put in the closet, and never took out of the closet. Yeah. Uh, They've just sat there, and... I decided, you know what? Time to get rid of some toys. Uh, Was it just random or did something bring about this? Did you watch that Marie Kondo thing on Netflix and scale back? You know, I I am going to watch that. That's been recommended because everyone that I bring up uh, that I'm doing this, that's the first thing they say to me is, oh, you watch the Netflix thing. And actually this started because my, uh, my grandfather has been a collector his whole life. And he has a big house in California's high desert full of crap. Yeah. And his wife recently passed away and he decided he didn't want this stuff anymore. And seeing him hit that age and be like, why did I collect all this stuff has kind of like influenced me to start getting rid of some of the stuff now instead of holding on to it. Right. Especially like, he has a lot of vintage toys and stuff like that that at one point in time were worth a lot of money, and now they're not worth anything. You got to do that quick. For my generation, it was Beanie Babies. That was the thing that was going to like just only increase in value. And there was a time where you could have sold the Tabasco one, the bull, that the Tabasco company was like, we're suing you 
for like seven, eight hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. And I remember we had it without the tag, so it was less. And I remember my mom being like, we'll wait a while. And the other, when I was home again for Christmas, my mom was like, hey, the dogs are acting like idiots and I can't find any of their toys. Do you mind if I just go grab like three Beanie Babies? And at first I was like, but mom. And then I was like, yeah, none of yeah. those are worth a fucking thing. Let them. I tell you, it felt great to sell these. When I worked at GameStop, and I, I was so bad at trading in games when they would peak at, you know, it's GameStop, so 20, 30 bucks was a good day. Uh, and then I'd buy it again, and I'd trade it in again. And one day I just went, okay, if I have the urge to trade it in, instead, I'm just going to put it in this closet. And every three months, I'm going to open this closet, and if there's anything there that I haven't had an itch to replay, it's gone. And I just started just doing that, because I was getting... So fed up with myself of like, oh, I'll trade in Super Smash Brothers Melee. And then like two weeks later, oh, gee, I really want that back. Just this <gasps> endless cycle. And then you try I've to- never done that. I've never like rebought something. Oh, Justin, I would try to cheat the system. I would try to be like, well, it's peaked right now. And I have my employee discount and there will be a sale in a few weeks. And I can trade it in for $20 and then rebuy it at like 15 And I'll have made $5. I would do a lot of work in the system when I worked at Toys R Us by uh, stealing action figures. <laughs> That's the b- better way to do it. <laughs> Extraordinary, exceptional X-Men. Wolverine's got a tiger twist, stripes and spring out claws. The Iceman comes on his ice board with color change icicles. Sabertooth's equipped with wounds that heal easily. An extra slashing claw and glow-in-the-dark eyes and mouth. Here's Forge with his quick-draw gun action. Look out! And Mr. Sinister with his light-up chest. These aren't ordinary men. They're X-Men figures, each sold separately from Toy Biz. Well, speaking of buying shit, we all bought a lot of X-Men figures back in the 90s. Oh, yes. More <laughs> than I can count. And I'd say the Toy Biz, the, the 90s Toy Biz X-Men line, the pre-Marvel Legends line, is just in its sheer size... <laughs> Un- it's insane. It's it one of the most no impressive lines. Like <laughs> it is, it is wild. So I, I remember, like I am. It's almost spooky. Like exactly the right age. Like I remember being in second grade, and the X Men cartoon uh, starting, and so, and that would have been a little after the the you know ten million dollar. Uh, 10 million uh, copies X-Men number one right. sold uh, Chris Claremont and Jim Lee, which is also very thing about uh, funny to think about now because just recently it dawned on me like, oh, that partnership when that brand new relaunch X-Men title lasted about seven or eight issues before yeah. they both fucking bailed. That was the end. It was wild. Um, and so. And, but, kind of, and basically the end of Claremont for a long time on X-Men books. For a long time. Yeah. Cause he went and did Sovereign seven at DC and, um, so, but the cartoon was such a huge thing. And by that point, I had already had, I had had a Ghostbusters cartoon phase. I had had a G.I. Joe, because G.I. Joe just seemed like it was always either present or just relaunched and stuff. Transformers, um, a lot of 80s stuff I could find at garage sales. We were real big mm. in, and found a lot of early Transformers early. Oh, Ninja Turtles were huge, but like the X-Men and and I remember the cartoon kind of came first and getting some of the action figures and then getting into the comics, which 
I like as like a nostalgic thing now, but some of those 90s X-Men comics are insane. Some like, of the 90s comics so in garish. general are just yeah. insanity. Yeah, the X-Men especially. Like it, it I, man, I I was so, I, I got into the toy line, I was into the comics first. Uh, I'm a little bit older than you guys. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't reading, like I, I jumped on the bandwagon. Like I was a huge comic fan, but I wasn't an X Men fan. Like, oh, okay. They the X Men always seemed to me like they were for a slightly older audience than I was. Yeah, when I was reading other comics, Claremont was always been kind of uh, soap opera, like kind of big yeah. ensemble. Yeah. But also, they just were flexing with giant guns well, and of like course. always <laughs> going, always playing baseball in the backyard. And uh, uh, what was the other? I mean, covered in pouches, like I, I, yeah, it definitely seems like a holdover from a time of plenty, from like the go-go 90s. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and then once the cartoon was here, like I was watching the cartoon, I was buying every X-Men book, I was all in on everything yeah. X-Men. And like, I remember going to Comic-Con back in those days and like acting like, Fabian Nazienza and Scott Lobdell were like rock stars. Oh yeah, I met Fabian. I I was like a kid at the Wildwood, New Jersey Comics Convention, and someone's like, "Oh, there's an X Men writer here," and uh, I was like, "Oh, why have I've just bought some? I'll have him sign." They're like, "No, no, here, I look. This one's from the dollar. He wrote. He didn't write those. He wrote this." And then it never dawned on someone had to tell me. It's like, no, he's not. Other people write these. There's multiple <laughs> people writing these. Because at the time, as a kid, I don't think it, it was until I was a little older where I sat down and would read it. I would just go through them and stare at the art page by page. And oh, I would yeah. pick up the story because I would reread every issue so much. But, yeah, it wasn't until, like, I was a little older where I would sit down and read it almost like a book. And for a long time, the X-Men comics, I was like... Well, I'm still all in on these. Like, I had a subscription for years and years, so they would just sh- just come to the house. And then as I started buying more comics and buying, like, you know, Oni Press stuff or Fanagraphics or Drawn and Quarterly or even some of the smaller, like, little zine stuff or, or smaller publishers in the Northeast, I would I was still, like, hanging on to X-Men. The, the Toy Biz line started right before the blue and gold team relaunch okay and before the cartoon and i remember when it first came out it's still like i didn't know there was a cartoon coming and it still seemed like a little bit of a deep cut having an x-men figure line well and a dedicated one too it wasn't like a marvel legends it's everything and we'll catch these were x-men toys especially like it was the, to the only. Best of my knowledge, at least. It was the only like standalone line Marvel was doing outside of the Marvel Heroes line, right? And kind of simple, like this series one, right? Like, yeah, the series kind one of more simplistic. You had Nightcrawler and and Magneto, Magneto and Junkernaut, uh, Storm, and a little more of the eighties look. More of the eighties, very yeah. similar to that X Men pilot that was the basis yes. for the X Men arcade game. Which, as a kid, oh. I knew like. Well, at Blockbuster, there's a special X-Men cassette, and it's so special, they made it into an arcade game, and then that was it. Yeah, and the first couple of series were pretty basic, and, you know, they looked okay, but they were still, like, I had to buy them because they were X-Men, and, 
They're never going to make more X-Men products. This is crazy <laughs> that they're making X-Men this toys. This is a flash well, in the pan, this X-Men thing. Not just that. And I, 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 the more I thought about this, I was like, wow. Me, between me and my brother, we had a lot of these. But the uncanny, the Toy Biz Marvel colon uncanny X-Men line colon X-Force line. Like yep. X-Force, the most convoluted cast of extended characters we had so many. Like, I remember... And these were all brand new characters. Like, these characters new, just debuted in the book. two years old. Like, I remember going to Toys R Us to buy this first cable figure. And then the next year going, like, there's a second and third cable figure? Well, I must have those. <laughs> and then by the time they got to Series 4 of Cable, I was like, all right, that's a bit excessive. Like, I, <laughs> It was interesting because, like, the first few series of the X-Men figures, like, it's your basic X-Men and... You know, you get your Cyclops, your Magneto, your Wolverines, sure. everyone that you'd think of. And, you know, there were, there were enough figures. But by year two, it they just, like, gremlins. They just oh. started multiplying. I know we had Gideon and Kane and GW Bridge. Like, I probably thought more about <laughs> GW Bridge than people who have written GW Bridge comics. I, did, I remember, like, even though I was reading all the books... Like, I rarely knew who any of these characters were. Oh, this was an education piece. This this line is still why I know as many X-Men characters as I do. Because yeah. I was... Ugh, the animated series started in, what, 92, 93? So I was, like, four when it started. Okay. And this was my, like, patient zero of action figures. It was this and the Playmates Turtles were just the two things that spawned for Infinity... And I just remember going into the store with my dad and my uncle, who were both X-Men fans, and then being so confused. And me having to be like, well, you see, on the back of the box, it explains to you who it, it is. And credit to the people doing the the bios on the cards. They did a much better job at simplifying who and what these characters were than some of the comics. And then I would just... Fill in the blank. I would make my own stories with them. I would I, mash them together. And For years, thought that Charles Xavier in his wheelchair had a gun. Because as a child, <laughs> that toy... Had a weird little phaser. Had, had, like, a, had weird a weird little gun. Phaser that would pop out. And when we saw the first X-Men movie where they were getting Magneto, I yelled in the theater, Charles is just going to shoot that guy. <laughs> And my dad looked at me, and I was like, Dad, he's got his gun. Dad, where's his gun? Where's his gun? Where's Professor X's famous gun? Oh, my poor parents had to walk out, and it was my first, like, well, you know, here. It was the same way with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. I was like, guys, this was a great movie, but, you know, he makes the web shooters when he's a kid. And I just forever was like, where the fuck is Charles's gun? For years. Until finally one day I like looked it up on Wikipedia as a full-grown adult man who pays taxes. Was like, I need to get to the bottom of this. No, that was just the toy. You had to have something. Like, even the first, even Wolverine, which was, I was reading a little about it, the one Wolverine. Uh, here, it was series two. And he's back in blue, so you know it's a little more recent. Oh, I love yeah. that Some of the Wolverine one, yeah. action figures, he's kind of in that orange-brown. I like mm-hmm. the orange-brown. Which, I think it's a very interesting look. I, it's crazy to me that that was his look for so much of the 80s when yeah. it was such a big, colorful time. And then the the and he was he had the the orange for the um like first issue or two of the Jim Lee Claremont adjective mm-hmm. yeah. X Men and then the blue came back but this blue figure the claws popped out 
yeah. they're kind of oddly bent, uh, but they still popped out. But see, what's he got with him? A gun. He's got a gun. Like Wolverine's there was famous gun. There was something about the '90s where every superhero was just like, I don't know, give him a gun, kids. It's like, like Toy Biz had like a, le- a bunch of leftover guns from some which other is line. Wild. They were, like, throw them in the X Men figure. Yeah, because Ike loved cutting costs, and that's the one thing I remembered as a kid, and it annoyed me as a kid was how few. Uh, women characters there were because I remember getting Phoenix. Phoenix right. had the light up. Yeah, hair, especially when cool how many design. female X Men there are. So many. I mean, there were storms, but I don't remember having a Jubilee action figure until it was a Jubilee in her Generation X yep. outfit. And so I, yeah. I stuck around for a little while buying X Men action figures. Were probably the last action figures. That, like, I transitioned away. I remember asking for Christmas, maybe in, like, sixth, maybe even seventh grade. Like, well, there's a couple. Like, it's Wolverine, but he's dressed like Patch. He's in Patch attire. Um, He's got an insane amount of weapons for whatever reason. Which Um, was weird to me because the cartoon, Fox wouldn't let them have bullets. Every Fox cartoon shot Lasers. lasers, which was fine. I was fine. It was awesome. As a kid, not only did I not care, you know, another, lasers were better. Another interesting thing about the line is it didn't – the line really wasn't based on the cartoon. No, it just became synonymous. Which was weird because the yeah. cartoon became so popular. Kind of. Well, then they had this classics line. Like I remember yeah, having this Yeah, those were the classics line. Because he has like a little segue sort of like flying yeah. thing he comes with. But, yeah, uh, the classic line was animated – kind of painted and versions of like the toy they're kind of throwback yeah they, which and they is came funny on that they're classics because it's 1995 it says they're throwing but back to like 91 91 <laughs> <laughs> but this is the cyclops i remember having the one that he looked like in the gym lee that the was later the gym cyclops that ruined the tooth fairy for me because again i was oh. very young and i lost a tooth and i remember how i lost it because it was one that it just wouldn't come out and we tried everything, even that dumb thing where you tie a string on it and close the door. And finally, during a sleepover, I just like was pushing with my tongue and just cracked it out because I was done with it. It was so loose, but it wouldn't come. You just popped that sucker out. Mm. The sleepover was done, and like the next day, my mom was like, "Well, you know, you put it under your pillow, and the tooth fairy will come and she'll give you stuff, which is a you know a great deal." Put it under my pillow, and I go to sleep, and I wake up to the sound of someone like banging their knee on my desk, and my mom. <laughs> And it's dark, right? So you see yeah. just this shadow over you, and I screamed like a girl. My dad turned on the light, and my mom was over me with a with that Cyclops action figure. And before she could say anything, my dad was just like, "Well, the jig's up. There's no Tooth Fairy. We're just going to give you your toy." My mom wanted to put or? it on the desk because it was right next to my bed, and I would like wake up and see it. See, I was just got like. Five dollars or one dollar, yeah. and that's real easy to slip on. It was a, a toy, pillow. yeah. And it was the reason she did it is because we had gone to work the toy store for whatever reason, but I who cares why. Mm-hmm. And it was all I wanted because when I was a kid, Cyclops was my favorite X Man, which is an unpopular opinion, but I will oh, stand was mine by too. it. He was the best. Mine, him and Cable, I like the whole Summers family. I yeah. guess him, um, Cable, a Gambit was another one of mine. I love Gambit. Gambit. Gambit was, was the, the best star in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. The Mojo figures were awesome. The Mojo loved figures Mojo. were so great. Yeah, that like it was in a bigger packaging because he's the big fat blob in a right. Yes. Thing. I don't also, even know. trying to keep track of eight or nine detachable legs was a pain in the ass. Um, 
but very cool. There was also a very cool, like, Iceman and, like, ice armor. Oh, and, of course, uh, Age of Apocalypse figure. That's where uh, Legion, Xavier's son, goes back in time right. and kills Xavier, so then there's no X-Men. So then there's an alternate X-Men. An alternate universe. Almost concurrently, though, they got those toys out with those comics. Yep. Like, they, very they impressive. on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, like... It got to the point with Toy Biz where they were just they were able to get these new characters out left and right. And not just main book X-Men figures, but X Force, even some Excalibur. Like it was it was crazy. I mean, I had Adam X Extreme, who was like he was a character who his whole thing was covered. He had a lot of throwing knives and swords because he was trying to make his opponents bleed because then he could, like, electrocute the blood. Like, it was a very right. specific character. I love specific X-Men powers. I love when they get just weird and, like, yeah. well, they can control electricity and blood, but only if they cut them on the arm at noon. And he was very... He was special, too, because that was the year... There was a year of Marvel annuals that all were packaged with a trading card, and it was all the trading... Every comic, it's like introduces a new character right um and uh the trading card was for that new character and adam x was one of the the new x-men characters but then he didn't show up in the comics that much so it was another one where i was like he's rare he's special they made so many of these do you remember if there were any they didn't make that you were out like looking for wishing they had made well i wanted a good jubilee for ages and i i was happy with the Generation X one because she she um, had the yellow trench coat uh, and she came with rollerblades that you could put on and off and she could throw like a fireworks ball so I thought that was pretty good I don't know that I ever had one of the classic like orange blue shorts yellow trench coat like the nineties cartoon again Ike Perlmutter famous for saying like girls don't buy action figures like not a not a good, like a real supervillain. That is the funniest thing, that a yeah. real supervillain runs Marvel Comics. And, <laughs> like, we'll probably, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll, when he's gone, it's sort of like Vince McMahon. It's like, well, when they're gone, we might see some more interesting <laughs> stuff or back catalogs stay in print a little longer. Uh, so do you remember going into the stores and seeing the X-Men toys for the first time? Huh, that's a good question. I mean, I probably got the, I remember getting that first kind of very simple looking Cyclops probably as like a gift or like my mom was like, oh, these look, these are, there's a lot of these. This is very popular. You like that? We get it from Blockbuster. So I think that was probably like she helped me out. But then once the cartoon started, I just remember them being everywhere. And I, I remember like getting them for birthday or Christmas or if I did good on a report card, like, maybe I could pick out a toy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that cable one looms large. That may have been around a birthday or something, because I feel like then I got to pick the disgusting fast food restaurant we went to <laughs> ate at afterwards. I have, like, such vivid memories of going into Toys R Us back then. And, I mean, I'm sure my perspective is off because of age, but... I, the wall of Toy Biz figures, X-Men in particular, seemed like it was a mile long. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And there were so many different figures in there. Well, Toys R Us similarly was a special play because I, now 
it's it's crazy because they they look so close. But like the mall I would go to growing up, there was a Toys R Us up the road, but it was a highway, so it was not super convenient. So when we were going there, it was it was just a standalone Toys R Us back off the road. So that was kind of an event. But there was a big KB Toys in all of the malls mm. in in um, like Delaware County outside of Philadelphia, and so KB Toys I would go. And I would, like, remember, like, okay, I like this, and I like this, and Christmas is coming up. But I wasn't a sucker. Like, I knew cable, KB Toys jacked those prices up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Toys R Us was charging 5 KB was charging 8 or so. And, and so I, I would usually, if I was spending my own pocket money, I would usually gravitate towards the clearance rack at KB's. Because that's when you get some really oddball stuff, yeah. some really interesting stuff. And I guess even as a kid, like nowadays, I think a lot about like making your, you know, there's the canon, there's the classical canon of books and movies and stuff. But I think like as you go, as I've gotten older and stuff, I I think it's the idea of like making your own canon is very, the stuff that sticks out and lingers, that sticks around is important for more than like five or 10 years. Um, uh, uh, so even as a kid, I was like curating, like, well, if I get that and that, and those would go well together. And, uh, um, but yeah, so I remember like looking at KB toys and remembering the thing, the names of them, of like, you know, no, this is, this is battle damage Wolverine. That's different than space Wolverine. Okay. So like, because there wasn't the internet to buy toys on. So you kind of had to be, I was very like, when it's like, all right, give us your Christmas list. We got to just start doing Christmas shopping. Like I would try to be as exact in my wording as possible. This was, I don't think this would happen nowadays because X-Men is now like a huge brand that people know. But back then there were always parents in Toys R Us asking employees, which one is X-Men? Yeah, yeah. Which one is X Men? That is very. That is so funny. Very like common. that's parents now. That's being parents. Like, What's the fort? My kid likes Fortnite. <laughs> which one's Do Fortnite? I, which one's Fortnite? <laughs> uh, you mentioned the accessories. Everybody got a gun, just like America. Oh yeah. Were there any accessories that stood out to you that you remember? There were also a lot of swords. If if you didn't come with a gun, you came with a sword. Or Justin, you came with my favorite, which was Colossus's giant dumbbells. <laughs> Yeah, that's you practical, remember? though. That makes sense. There's plenty of things of Colossus lifting weight. So I remember, this is pretty late. This is a later line, the Battle Brigade. So this is Patch Wolverine, and he's got giant exterior claws in addition to his regular claws. So he has a backpack that attaches with cables, these giant cartoonish claws. And then there's Beast. Like, this is a beast from the cartoon, like one episode of the cartoon, it's either in the Battle future, Brigade. Battle Brigade. Beast. And he had like, I don't even know if this. Oh, it's a sci-fi beast from the post-apocalypse. I miss when toys said yeah. things like Battle Brigade and projections, and now they're just like, ah, it's the toy from the movie, you're fine. Yeah. They don't get weird and quirky anymore. But he had a sword and a cannon, and he, and it was also just a neat alternate costume now, for Beast. when you were a kid, did yeah. that make it more appealing when it came with a bunch of shit? Sometimes. I mean, that, uh, that one specifically, I was like, that is such a unique thing to come with with the beasts, with with Hank McCoy, the scientist. Usually not a so Usually it's Cable with yeah. the giant guns. So the only other hilarious accessory that I loved, and it stays with me because it was a present for my birthday, was Morph. 
who was a worthless X-Men character Worf- who dies in the pilot. Yeah, he- but he came with three heads. Three heads. I- Cyclops, Gambit, and Wolverine. And I remember getting it for my birthday from my friend. And he was like, it's the best toy because it's three in one. And before I said anything, my other friend was like, he dies right away, you idiot. It's worthless. But he comes back. He comes back. He's fine. We were six. We didn't know yet. Uh, uh, Yeah, I have three heads. And it's funny because that was probably so cheap to manufacture. Of course. That's just money. They could have made that more of a hundred times with a head for every single character and just raked in money. I would have bought it. Shifters were hard to make as figures. They were. I mean, Mystique is easy because Mystique usually has guns because she She loves shifts, but she doesn't get the powers. Um, I remember this Iceman. He had giant hands, and also for some reason you could just make his back taller. Yeah, like you could make <laughs> yes. his back go bigger. And then I really liked because at the time uh, this captured Sabretooth, so that was oh, a nineties yeah. thing. I loved that in the comics. Like Sabretooth would be in the in the like prison in the X Mansion a lot, and sometimes he would break out, and sometimes he'd be a bad guy, and sometimes he'd be helpful. And then of course in the Phalanx Con uh, Covenant, uh, he was he was kind of the one of the heroes of it. So I, what I want to do is I want to name off some of these figures and see if you guys, off the top of your head, remember the figures or even just the okay, characters. Okay, the character. Oh, yeah. God. So we have, I want to say Kylan, K-Y-L-U-N. Uh, do you have a picture? I do have a picture. He looks like he's kind of like. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a I wolf remember this. Man, maybe? Guy. I don't know. I do uh, not remember. Off the top of my head, no, I, I'm sure if you show he me. From, is he a British guy? Because the card looks a little Alan Davis-y. He is from so Excalibur. Maybe from Excalibur. Yeah. Oh, okay, there we go. Pretty close. Pretty. The fact that you were able <laughs> to Yeah, I mean that's that is that is impressive. I think you'll remember this one because this is in the like your time period. It, yeah. Uh Trevor Fitzroy. Uh, yeah, Trevor Fitzroy was another, like, pseudo, uh, time traveler, I think. Is there a lot of purple in there? Uh, a lot of or blue is it glass? Glass, it glass, yes. It's glass yeah, around him. The glass around him. Some um, classic, I believe. Uh, Willis Portacio? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. One, um, of, one of the image founders. One of the original image founders, Willis Portacio. How about Grizzly? Uh, can, uh, is Grizzly a, hold on, let me see, let me see that picture. Is he a member of Six Pack? Is he one of Cable's, uh, extended other team friends? Yes, he is. Great. <laughs> he is from X-Force number eight. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and Cable solo, because that was the other thing. Cable was a huge hit, and then he had this, I just bought this at, at Comic-Con last summer, is the first volume of Cable Classic because they hmm. they did a few Cable like one shots or mini series before he got his own ongoing series. Yeah. and it's not Cable and X Four. It's Cable and his future team, or Cable and Six Pack, which is like a team of mercenaries that he also pals around with. Can you name any other members of the Six Pack? Well, a GW Bridge was in. Uh, six pack, I believe. In addition to being a member of Shield, um, Kane was technically in six pack. Um, oh God, who else? Those I think were the big ones. 
Because there's there's a there's a John Romita cover of like Cain bleeding out and right uh, John Romita Jr. and and Cable like cradling him. This one I think is a little easier. Forearm. Yeah, forearm is a member of the Mutant Liberation Front. He has four arms. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Fascinating. Uh, this is one that I don't remember ever seeing in the comic, but I know he was in the comic. And it's it's a pretty unforgettable action figure. Bonebreaker. I don't remember Bonebreaker. I mean, hands off the computer, Blake. There's I, no Google. I admitted that I don't remember him. A villain. Uh, that seems like it would be a villain from a team of villains. Like there wasn't a Bonebreaker saga. Like Bonebreaker was not a main villain. Like, uh, Fitzroy, I think, had his own storyline. Oh, shit, I think I had um, this toy. Let, let me see this Bonebreaker picture. I as soon as you see it. the picture, you're going to recognize him because he is the top half of a man with a tank oh, for the, the rest tank. of his body. Yes, of course. I think I had this. Which that one, like, doesn't... I feel like you'd go for a tank name. Like, Bonebreaker is such an odd... He was part of the Reavers. Oh, yes. And they're actually starting to make some Reavers currently in the Marvel Legends, which seemed like a really weird way to take that current line. The Reavers, <laughs> not to be confused with the Marauders. Right. The Marauders commit the mutant massacre. The Reavers are just other guys who do horrible things. Yeah, make as many Marauders as you want, but yeah. Reavers? I don't even remember this one. The Protector? The Protector. Oh, okay. I think the protector is, um, oh, is he from Generation X? Yes, he is. Is he, that might be, um, the first bad guy in the first Generation X arc. You know, I'm not sure about that. Um, we're just going to assume you're right. <laughs> if Jason's wrong, please contact all of us on social I, media. Yeah, I know. I remember him. Hunting, or he might have been. That might be a Chris Boccolo, uh drawn uh, bad guy. I feel oh, like he also had maybe some other names too. But yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, I feel like stuff. yeah. Okay, this figure I remember seeing everywhere. It was just like clogging the shelves at Toys R Us and KB. It was around for years because it was a very stupid looking figure, Sinyaka. I remember uh, Sinyaka. Don't remember much about Sinyaka, but I remember seeing Sinyaka. Uh, let, me, let me see the picture. Had that whip, right? It's like a red dude with a whip. Red dude with a whip. Red yep. dude with a whip, yeah. It is a red dude with a whip. He's uh, Yeah, he's an X-Force bad guy. Yeah, I didn't remember his name. I just remember the whip. I don't think we ever got Sinyaka, but I... Nope. I I didn't think, like, Bone... Bonebreaker, I would have been like, nah, I don't know about Bonebreaker. But Sinyaka, I was like, nah, i got to get around to getting Sinyaka at some point. Here's another one. Are you continue, sorry? <laughs> no, I just thought, I thought he had a cool design. They, But they just probably made too many of him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This guy is another one who I'm positive I have never read a comic that he's in. But he was on every toy shelf also clogging up. I think around the same time as your pal Sinyaka. Killspree. Killspree feels like another X-Force thing. 
that feels like another like Liefeld or Liefeld adjacent uh, creation. Killspree is purple. It and looks yellow. like a freakazoid oh. villain. Killspree. There was a lot of Killspree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where Killspree came from. Yeah, I don't know anything about this Killspree, character. I just know it was everywhere. Sinyak at least had the whip and like a cool design, but Killspree, that was one. I was like, I don't need Killspree. I like the Killspree design better than the really? Sinyaka. They know. both look like rejected Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah, there was a lot of that going around at the time. Yeah, yeah well, it was the 90s. Now, we asked this when uh, your podcast, The Ride cohort, Mike Carlson, was here. What would your ultimate 90s X-Men theme park attraction look like? Uh, Okay, I think I have the answer for that. I think you are at... um, I, I think it's the set piece from the... First slash second. Is it a two-parter, the first X-Men uh, cartoon, um, where they rescue Jubilee at the mall? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Sentinels the Night of the Sentinels. The mall. Night of the Sentinels. It's Night at the Sentinels. Oh, that's pretty uh, good. But I, you got to get the X-Men into their costumes a little bit quicker, because some of them are in street clothes, and then, like, Gambit. I feel like Gambit just walked around. He just Gambit walks up and is like, right? oh, sorry, like, I'll throw my cards yeah. at you. Like, Scott Summers is in a blazer. Gene, yeah, yeah, Gene's in a parka. But, yeah, I think my 90s X-Men ride is is Night at Night of the Sentinels because so much of X-Force is uh, incomprehensible. <laughs> or you do a big crossover ride, like you do an Executioner song or Fatal Attractions where it's all, it's every, it's X-Force, X-Factor, X-Men, but you would need so many animatronics. It would, it would be so convoluted for a three-minute experience. I've always wanted, like, a uh, ride that went into the X-Mansion and, like, someone attacked the X-Mansion. Yeah. Because it would be great to be in there yeah. in a car, like, going around. Yeah, that's Maybe good. you're in, like, room. oversized. Danger uh, is such a given. Yeah. That is such a, like, that they didn't make that as an attraction. Because that's what I would want. Like, when Disney Quest existed and they just cranked out all the VR stuff, I would have loved oh. a VR danger VR room. danger room. That would have been awesome. It's it's still interesting to me, and we've done touched on Islands of Adventure stuff certainly on our podcast. But I would love to talk to the designers of Marvel Superhero Island because, like, nineteen ninety nine Marvel, how are there no X Men ride like that? That that something was an X Men because they added the Storm ride later on, but that was such a quick throw together thing. So then they're all at the park. You've got your autograph book that they have at the Disneyland. Sure. What is the yeah. first X-Men that you try to seek out to get an autograph from? And what X-Men do you want to see if they're walking around waving like those Toy Story type people? That I might gravitate more towards and not. I bet the Gambit uh, face character would have a very fun signature. But I would also, if I'm getting Gambit, I got to get Rogue. When I was la- the last time I was at Islands of Adventure, I got a, a picture with Doctor Doom, and that was very thrilling. Oh, the nice. Doom wa- the Doom walk around character armor looks pretty good. Uh, the last time I was at Islands, 
I saw they had the walk around Storm and Cyclops. They both look good. Cyclops yeah. has a trench coat. Cyclops is like um, yeah, it's the, like that that cartoon <laughs> from the early two thousand Wolverine and the X Men. It's Cyclops. kind of off putting because it, the land itself is still dressed like the nineties. Yes, I love X-Men. it. I hope it never changes. Yep, same with me. I Absolutely also, love it. I think it keeps a very interesting dynamic that Disney cannot just full on uh-huh. do a Marvel yeah. Park in Florida. I, I hope Universal never wavers, and it's so the contract you can see it's online. It's four. It's pages. crazy. It's yeah, wild, and and I think it's just such an interesting paradox that exists. And it, I love it so much that like it was off putting to see the walk around characters be the more modern version because I want the walk around characters to be the nineties version. Kind of, yeah. You can only do so much with those kind of puffy puffy walk around suits, Jason. Thank you for coming on this week. Thank you for talking 90s X-Men. Thank you for talking theme parks. Thank you for having me. Uh, where can the folks get a hold of you? Uh, so I, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Chardon, and then Podcast The Ride is available wherever you get your podcasts. And um, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast The Ride. Uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast the ride for our second gate episodes. Those are kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say off the beaten path, but the most recent one was solely about a freak like me needs company, but just from the David Letterman performance from 2011. Uh, it's a really a sight to see. And Blake, where can folks find us? They can email us at howdoyoufigurepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at howdoyoufigurepc and Instagram at howdoyoufigurepodcast. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash howdoyoufigure. And of course, leave us a review on iTunes. They're very helpful. Yeah, I get those iTunes. We got them. You need them. Write something. Confusing. I like that. We got accounts for things. It's crazy. It's like, you know, support us. It really is just one button. Two, if you count hitting the five-star button. Let's not make it harder. Three, if you want to leave a comment. And then you have to throw out a spell. Blake, stop. 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 Stop.